Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So, Suburban Girl, how are you enjoying your life? Suburban girl. It is full of margaritas and buying furniture. That is my understanding as well. (laughs) You have learned all that you could learn. I can teach you nothing else. I mean, what more is there, really? Yeah, exactly. Is your house all set up? Nope. Oh, okay. No. I thought maybe this was the rustic room. No, I mean, you know, there's boxes and they'll get unpacked eventually, but mm-hmm. you know, they're all the way over there and yeah. I'm all the way over here. Yeah. So. No, I can't blame you for that. You have all the essentials unpacked, so Exactly. Things will happen. I mean, decorations are meh. The only problem is you don't have a basement, so where do you put the things you want to forget about? Um, in the middle of the room, Betsy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can find no fault with your plan. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, speaking of no fault with the plan, that made no sense. No, it's uh, Who are you? I'm Kate. And I'm Betsy. And what do we do here? Talk about plans and no plans? Yes. And, 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 Mar- and. Margaritas? Nope. 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 Back it up. Back it up. Bird poop? Colder. Colder. That's what we talked about last week. Well, that's true. Uh, but in this particular case, we are talking about picture books and oh. whether they are good or if they are crap. These are books Many consider to be classics, and we may not consider that to be the case. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, in this week's book, you're going to know the title. You're going to know the title because of the movies. And the question is, are you going to know the book? Probably not. Okay. Just like uh, that Shrek one. You know, you were like, you gave me the book, and I totally expected it to be the movie, and it wasn't. Shrek (laughs) is not a bad comparison to what I'll be pulling out of the bag today. And here we go. A boo 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 by Chris Van Olsberg. What else did this feller do? Polar Express. Yes, right. He did Polar Express. And then I was racking my brain to remember if we've ever done any other book by him. And I couldn't remember. I thought there was another one with, like, wasn't there one with pictures? Oh, Mr. Harris Burdick. The yeah. mysterious files. I love yes. that. All I had to say was there were pictures. Oh, yeah. The one with the pictures. Yeah, yeah. I remember the one but with the you pictures. you somehow like, got on my same wavelength. It's kind of weird so. that that worked as well as it did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jumanji, as you might recall, has been a movie more than once yeah, in its life. Wait, was it originally a book? Yes, it was originally a book. Oh. Uh, it came out in 1981. By this guy? By this guy. Huh. Same guy. It's been around a while. So this came out in 1981, and then it got turned into a movie with... Robin Williams. Very good. And then eventually got turned into a movie with... The Rock. That's right. And if you'll notice, in this special little edition that I have, there is a CD. Guess who reads it? Wow, Robin Williams. Yes, which means they need a new new version where The Rock reads it, obviously. You know that I once... uh, So after Robin Williams died, I wrote a poem... Did you know I wrote a poem? About I guess Robin I knew you. I think you did. Yes, yes, maybe, maybe. I think I. I remember you writing a poem. I was quite proud of it. It Aww. referenced like a lot of different movies. Oh, that's right. I'll see if I can like 
pull it up so I can like bust. dredge up that poem. Okay, but uh, before you do that, read this book. Okay, all right. While Kate does her read, I guess I'll give you two little facts about this week's book. They're not big facts. They are tiny, insignificant, itty bitty fit in your pocket facts. Not large ones. Okay. Fact number one, and uh, it's not even really a fact. It's just an observation on my part, but you could write an entire thesis on colonialism and representation in Jumanji or lack thereof. In fact, you could probably work in all the movies and their tropes as well. I just think it would be a very interesting topic to explore since it's taking these traditional colonial kind of like views of the wild and the jungle. I'm just saying there's a lot to pick apart there. All right, that's number one. Fact number two is a fact that I may have actually mentioned maybe both times that we have done a Chris Van Allsburg book. None of Chris Van Allsburg's books are out of print, which is crazy. Crazy. And we're back. Boom, 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 boom. I have no idea. Are you doing like a boom boom version of Jaws? No, it's like, you know, you when like the game starts going, you know, and like mm-hmm. the drums start beating and it mm-hmm. comes alive. It comes alive. No? But like the movie? Well, yeah. Well, like the action, you know? Okay. Like, All right. Just trying to get you in the mood, Betsy. I, I see. I boom, see. Boom, 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 boom. The tension. Boom, 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 boom. The drama. Boom, 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 boom. The kids without a babysitter. <laughs> kids without a babysitter? No! But even, this, this is sort of a, a book that's sort of like, and that's why you always get your kids a babysitter. Right? Essentially. Yes. Though this is the first book you've given me that has a summary of the story before you even get to the pages with the words. Is it on the publication page? <laughs> yeah. They're supposed to all have that, but usually I give you old books, so it doesn't really come up much. I mean, this but is... newer ones, yeah, they all have a, one of those little handy dandy summaries in the on really? the pub page. Yeah. Huh. You just... I just haven't given... Well, we don't read that many new things. This is I give you old stuff. 1981. Well, but this is a reprint from like 2000... Oh. <laughs> Hence the CD in the front. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even the same cover. Yeah. It's all new. Okay. All right. So we meet these two kids who we don't really know how old they are, but apparently they're old enough to not need a babysitter. <laughs> or yeah. Or parents who were too cheap to hire one. I don't know. They're going to the opera, so... It, what, 2 p.m.? Because when they come back, it's then it's dinner time. So maybe it's like a... Matinee, s- maybe. A Sunday matinee. No, that would explain. Because the sunlight, actually, when you think about it... Yeah, okay, that's conceivable. That's conceivable. Yeah. All right, so they're going to the matinee. And so these kids get bored with their toys, and they're like, let's go... After the- they make a mess on purpose to upset their parents. Right, yes. They say, let's go and play outside. So they run across the street to the park. Right. Yeah, they are not poor. They definitely no. have money if there's like a nice park across oh, the street. Oh, you get a lot of us. Yeah. Right. So the kids go to the park. They find this game underneath a tree and decide to take it. Like you do. Well, it's got a note on it. Yeah, the note's, the note's a- essentially saying take it. I mean, it says free game. Yeah, free game. Take okay. it. P- is free. P.S. Read instructions carefully. Right. So they... It's a really simple looking game when they open it up. Like Candyland is more complex than this game looks. Right. So they race home with this game. 
they, I mean, what would have happened if they had played this game in the park? That would have been cool and, quite frankly, would have made a lot more sense with the outdoor setting. Right. Much easier to run from a lion if you're right between trees. Not, not as much fun to have, like... Well, I don't want to get... I don't want to spoil it for anyone, oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. in case... Don't give it away. Someone <laughs> since 1981 has missed the whole plot, so yes. You never know. And the three different movies. <laughs> so the... And the animated television okay, series. Okay, okay. Right. So they read the instructions, and uh, it's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. You just have to play throughout the game until someone gets to the very end, and then they have to say the name of the game. Jumanji. Yeah. 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 So the, the the boy goes first, Peter, mm-hmm. and he, I mean, with names Peter and Judy. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty dated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so Peter rolls the dice, and immediately, um, oh, you know, there's just like a giant lion chilling in your it's living room. It's not chilling. It's like, it's those teeth say, I am not chill. Well, it's it's getting ready to eat. Yeah. The boy. Sure, yeah. 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 But I'm like totally not even paying attention to that. I'm looking at the sheet music on the piano and I'm trying to figure out what song that is. Oh, you know it is something. Can you right. play it? I I mean, if I had a piano in front of me, but I can't like think of the tune in my head in order to figure out what the song is. So if anyone, A, has this book and B, has a piano. Oh, nice. And C, knows how to read sheet music. That's a whole lot of ifs. <laughs> if you could let me know what song this is. Tell you what, I'll put it in the show notes, and anyone who wants to play it and tell us, please do. So the boy is terrified of this line because it's He's, trying to eat him. And he looks delicious. And they run up the stairs, and the lion gets stuck underneath the bed. Mm-hmm. And the kid is supposed to be terrified saying, I don't want to play this game anymore. But mm-hmm. in the illustration, it looks like he's having a grand old time. I don't know. That could be a mouth open and a scream of terror and I don't know. Dismay. When you have like the edges of your mouth kind of curling up, it looks like he's smiling. Like, ha Maybe. Lying, you're stuck I'd have to see him in I'd have to see him in action, just to make sure. But the problem with Jumanji is that you can't stop until someone reaches the end. Can't step. No, stop. Right. Stop the feeling now. Stop. So then they keep going, mm-hmm. um, and then it's Judy's turn. So she rolls the dice, and the card that she reads from says, Monkeys steal food, miss one turn. And immediately she starts hearing the banging of pots and pans in the kitchen, and lo and behold, there are now monkeys in said kitchen. What I like about this illustration is that it looks like there's only two, mm-hmm. but if you look closer, you can see there's probably three, four, mm-hmm. five. And here's the crazy things. Aside from them being terrifying, which they are, right? Um, they look like chimpanzees. However, they have tails. Yes. They are indeed monkeys. So yeah. he did know the difference between monkeys and apes, even though he seems to have taken devil chimpanzees and just slapped tails on them. I'm going to give it to him. Okay. <laughs> what I also like about them, though, is that on the next page, when, it, when uh, they roll again and it starts raining in the living room, all of the monkeys are like crowded around the board because they're totally invested in this oh, game. Oh, I forgot they were in there. Yeah. I, like, and you know they're huddled in the text. It says they're huddled on the couch at one point. But yeah, yeah there they are actually. They want to know what's going on. Yeah, they're like, well, oh, you're playing a game. I want to play a game. They what's have going an on? investment in this game. <laughs> right. Because typically when something happens like the raining in the living mm-hmm. room, for example, that immediately goes away when the right. next kid goes. But the monkeys don't go. Monkeys don't go. Lion technically didn't go. So they roll again, and it's the guide that gets lost mm-hmm. and is sitting on top of the girl's dollhouse, like looking at a map, trying to figure out 
like where he's supposed to go. Apparently he can't hear them. So I wonder if he's like a weird like Like a hologram? He's like a hologram. I don't Um, know. When I read it, so I read this to my son just yesterday, which is why I thought to do it today. And uh, and as I was reading, I found myself giving him a like a like a British accent as oh. he was like, no, not not that's not right. Yeah, that's not right, right turn here. Yes, yes, absolutely. I think a right turn. Oh, or maybe, no, no, over here. Yes, no. I think actually, I, I imagine John Cleese. I'll just say, it. I just imagine John Cleese. <laughs> he looks like John Cleese from the back. Well, you can only see. Uh, yeah, ear, but those elbows are super John Cleesey. <laughs> I don't think he's tall enough to be John Cleese. I think look he's at those legs. Like, well, I can't see all. I mean, he's crouched in a way. I mean, I think he's John Cleese. Okay, fine. Maybe, obviously. So then the Peter rolls the die, um, and it says, "Bitten by seat seat fly." Seat seat fly. Contract sleeping sickness. Lose one turn. So I was wondering, and then immediately Peter falls asleep. Right. So I was like, "Oh, does that is that actually what happens when you get bit by a?" Seat, seat fly? Pretty sure not. I looked it up. Okay. Uh, you get fever, severe headaches, irritability, extreme fatigue, swollen n- lymph nodes, and aching muscles and joints are common symptoms of sleeping sickness. Mm-hmm. Some people also develop a skin rash. This is all according to the CDC. Huh. So it is a sleeping sickness. Isn't it nice we don't have it here? Yeah. <laughs> Yet, <laughs> if we can have murder hornets, we can definitely have teensy flies. But this is where I start to have a problem, Betsy. What? What? There. What? There is a continuity error. Explain more. So in the page with the guide, mm. the illustration with the guide, you can see a grandfather clock. It looks like it's roughly showing maybe huh. 3.35 p.m. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. The next illustration, it's the rhinos, because mm-hmm. after the seat seat fly, um, Judy rolls the dice, and immediately there's a rhinoceros stampede, mm-hmm. go back two spaces, these rhinos are charging through their living room. With they're, surprisingly sharp horns. They're crashing all of the furniture in their path, you know, the, the noise is so loud of them, the splintering wood and the breaking china filling the house. You can see the grandfather clock, and now it looks like it's 228. Well, it has just been mashed by rhinos. Is okay. it possible that the time mm. could have could have changed mm. in the know. process? Well, it went backwards. I don't think so. Because mm. then... Oh, wow. To... There's three clocks in a row. There are three clocks in a row, Betsy. Because then it... Peter rolls the dice. Python sneaks into camp. Go back one space. There is a uh, eight-foot snake that mm. has wrapped itself around the mantle clock mm-hmm. and the mantle clock says 405 so so the first clock and the second was... clock could conceivably be can be accurate no not unless both the minute and the hour hand moved if it went from 335 to 228 both of them moved. yeah but that's the second one i'm not counting because it got hit by rhino so if we went from 325 to 405. 335. 335 to 405. To 405. You're we don't know gonna... how long those rhinos went. They might have gone for 25 minutes. We don't know. It's conceivable, Kate. I'm just saying. It's a possibility. It'd be 30 we minutes. can't rule. It's... Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you and your math. <laughs> Think you know everything. So then so then we get to, uh, you know, there's a volcano, right? But there And there was lava, but mm-hmm. the lava doesn't hit the kids because the floor was already covered in the monsoon rain. Right. So Good for that. there's that. Well done. But then 
the the little boy Peter he says if you roll a twelve you can get out of the jungle. Mm-hmm. If the game Settlers of Catan has taught me anything, <laughs> it is that you cannot roll a twelve whenever you want. It's yeah. not. It's not a thing that happens. And I did yet. wonder, as someone who played many board games yourself, how you would react to this particular book. And it seems like the, the first moment that, that your your game, uh, like, uh, questioning, I would say, came up, was at this moment where she has to roll a 12, which is very difficult to do. Very difficult, and yet she does it. Well, there you go. Because I think the... <laughs> Chris was like, I need to end I'm this running book. Running out of pages. I don't know. I can else. only pack so many words on one side. I mean, I don't know how to draw any other animals, <laughs> so I've done them all. That's my limit. We're done. We're out. <laughs> After this, it's stick figures. Yep. So, so she rolls a 12. She immediately grabs her piece, slams it on the board, yells Jumanji, and then just like that, the fog rolls away everything goes back to the way it was no broken furniture no random animals no nothing everything is just back to the way Peachy it was hunky gory yeah. right mm-hmm. so the kids uh immediately put the game back in the box mm-hmm. run across the street put it back under the tree where it was come back home immediately put all their toys away which i'm like if you just survived like 12 near-death experiences. Are you really going to be doing maybe chores? In little, maybe in their little tiny brains, they thought to themselves, we've been bad. The universe is punishing us. Therefore, we must undo the thing that caused the universe to punish us, and then we will be good, and the universe won't punish us anymore. Because I would be curled up in the fetal position oh, sure. in the corner of the room, not moving for the next, like, three months. But you would have returned <laughs> the game. I would say, get that freaking game out of my house. Yeah, I wouldn't have that ran prop- across the street and put it back under the tree where it was. I would have just chucked it right out of the front door and slammed the door and Yeah, then you turn around and it would be sitting on the couch. Ugh. See? You have to take it back to where you got it from. So, right. Demonic freaking game. So after they put all their toys away, uh-huh. they decided to do a picture puzzle. Yeah. What's a picture puzzle? It's, pu- it's a puzzle with a picture on it. <laughs> Why don't you just call it a puzzle? What? Yes. <laughs> You would have no idea that has a... Well, it could be blank for all you know. What? It could just be black. Anyway. Puzzle of black. So they start doing this puzzle, but then they're so exhausted that they just fall asleep on the sofa. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad come home with their friends, their opera friends. Yeah. Um, they ask how their afternoon was. They're like, oh my gosh, there was a flood and a stampede and a volcano. Why'd you even bother telling them, kids? You know they're not going to be good about it. Yeah. Well, why, they, why even try? I mean, they're they're like, oh, that's nice, dear. Thank you, you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Why don't you just go put on your pajamas and you can go finish your puzzle and have some dinner? Mm-hmm. It seems kind of backwards. Wouldn't you Totally. Have... In fact, that my son pointed that out wouldn't pretty you have dinner He was like, wait, 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 wait. They're putting on their pajamas before dinner? I'm like... Some families do that. That was my excuse. Some families do that. Okay. I mean, maybe also yeah. the time period, too. Maybe. Like, maybe back in the 50s, you would sure. put on your pajamas first, and then... So you wouldn't dirty your, like... Your but then nice you dirty coat. your pajamas. How many pairs of pajamas do you... Anyway, I'm just saying. <laughs> Seems strange. Anyway, so... I don't have barbecue. Yeah. As the kids are, uh, you know, they're, they're the, the puzzle has moved into the den. The kids are working on it, and one of the guests, Mrs. Budwing treats them to some food on a tray and she starts talking about her sons that oh my boys they always started puzzles and could never finish them because they just couldn't 
read the instructions. They never bother with the instructions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. So then, why, uh, why are we bringing this up? Well, because the uh, <laughs> both kids, Peter and Judy, mm-hmm. look out the window, see the two boys that Mrs. Budwing is referring to, quite grabbing the game and walking out of the park. Mm-hmm. And at this point in my notes, I wrote no. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. That's what I thought. So yeah, that's that's it. That's the end. I like it. I like the ending. Yeah. Except he made a freaking sequel named the I can't even pronounce it. Zathura. Zathura is about those two boys. Oh. And they bring it home, but it's not a jungle game. And it's not called Jumanji. It's called Zathura. And in Zathura, you go to space. So they turned it into a movie. So Jumanji had come out. Apparently it had made some money. They were like, great. There's this other one that he's written suspiciously close to the movie coming out of Jumanji, but we're not going to read too much into that. Zathura! Oh, Zathura. Um, so it you'll, you'll love the cast. You, you want to hear what's in this? Your beloved Dax Shepard. Ooh. Uh, Kirsten Stewart. Oh. <laughs> A uh, whole bunch of other people as well. But uh, apparently it wasn't very good. Yeah, I never heard of it. Yeah, you know, uh, I hadn't really heard of the picture book either. I mean, I, I remember when it came out, not many people not many people looked at it, that one. In any case, uh, there was a Jumanji TV series uh, that came out after the first movie was Robin Williams. Uh, it's very peculiar, the elements that they did and did not take from the book and that they did and did not take from the first movie. Because, um, of course, you have to have villains. So they just they just threw in a whole bunch of villains. And, uh, yeah, that's the, long, that's, that's the whole story of Jumanji. Okay. There is literally nothing else to say about it. Okay. At all. Reading time! Well, I, I, I went pretty high. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I went 8.5. Woo! Because I love the story. Yeah. I think it's completely original. Yeah. I've never seen it before. Yeah. You know, not including, obviously, the movie. I, like, I really like the illustrations because they're all in black and white. They're all done by hand. And the fact that you can make something that's already dark, but you can give it definition yeah. and shadows, it's... I, it's I, meticulous. I mean, this is definitely my kind of art. Mm-hmm. So, And I really like the, the drama, too. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it hooks you immediately. And then even at the very end, you're like, well, what happens? Well, what, what happens? What keeps going? And then, I, I thought it was great. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, I should probably mention it. It has a shiny sticker on the cover as well. I believe. Is that a gold shiny sticker? Sure looks like it. All right. So it actually won a Caldecott. (laughs) Yeah, that's a gold shiny sticker. Yes. That's one of his his Caldecotts. That's awesome. Yes. As well it deserves because it is a great book. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go to 7.5. You know, it's not not my favorite book in the entire world but i really enjoy it i really like it and i really have a lot of affection for it there's a reason they keep turning it into movies mm-hmm. um usually when they adapt picture books into full-length feature films not you have to add an, a ton of stuff and they do but there is stuff you could add there's a lot of stuff here that you could add there, this makes just a basic framework that you could just throw any old thing into i think in the rock movies isn't it like a video game they get yes. sucked into yeah so but it's the same concept essentially yep. it's like we have a game we get sucked into the game we have to finish the game or we're trapped here forever yep. so yeah makes sense so yes uh, a classic oh good hooray 
Hooray, hooray, hooray. Letters time. Mm-hmm. We didn't get much, um, but we did. I did get this one letter, and I, I've decided to, to have it here because it, it made me so happy. Now, you may have seen around a bunch of celebrities, and they've been all over the internet during this coronavirus, uh, reading picture books. Mm-hmm. Different celebrities will read different books at different times. And at the same time, libraries have been reading tons of picture books online as well. And publishers who usually get kind of upset with copyright and, yeah. you know, reading the whole thing, they've been real nice about this. Backing off saying, you know what, this is a weird time. You know, take it off of line later. But for now, let's all do it. So all these picture books have been read. So this was a letter from Katie. She is a uh, librarian in Plymouth in Michigan. Ooh. Yeah, eastern, south, you know, southeastern ah. Michigan, as opposed to southwest Michigan. Okay. So the whole other side of the thing. <laughs> okay. And uh, she wrote and said, I'm writing to tell you that I read Giant Dance Party. That would be my picture book. Thank ah. you uh, For my library's YouTube story time, uh, which was very, very kind of her. And then she said that, uh, she, that she uh, listened to our podcast. Aw. Yes. And then she said uh, she also listened to my other podcast. So she says, thanks for keeping up with both Story Seeds and the Fuse 8 and Kate podcast. They are much appreciated. Aww. So very nice of you to say, Katie. Thank you so much. Michiganders are just the best. I know. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. We should compliment them more so more of them write in. <laughs> Grown-up things we like. Uh, you go first. Okay, I've got two things I like uh, this week. The first is, this is the time of year where I go into my side yard or in my backyard and I might... If I'm lucky, find morels. Morels are the yummiest of all the mushrooms. You cannot buy them. Like, you literally cannot buy them. Have you had them? I don't do mushrooms, Betsy. I don't do fungi. You're so weird. So gross. Yeah. Even my kids will eat a mushroom if if it's cooked for a while. So these mushrooms, of all the mushrooms in the world, these are the best ones. They're so good. They do grow around, but you cannot predict where they will show up. They're usually in the woods. We went... I'm morel hunting my family could not find a single one but did i find two uh next to my lilies that were growing in my backyard randomly for literally no reason at all yes i did did i eat them yes i did and they were delicious so morels is the first thing that makes me very happy and the second thing is that i'm interviewing natalie portman on monday uh for ala so me and natalie portman bestest buddies <laughs> We're going to be hanging out together. No, I'll just be Zoom interviewing her. Uh, but this is for the ALA conference, virtual conference's uh, closing keynote. She was supposed to give the closing keynote, and she said she'd rather do an interview. And since I'd already interviewed her on the blog, she said she wanted to do it with me. Aww. With me. She requested me. That's awesome. Me and Natalie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, how can I tie this? Natalie Portman was in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. I like something on Disney+. Plus. Good! It's a show called Prop Culture. Oh, I've heard about this. This sounds good. Yeah, I saw... So every episode, they do a different movie. I've seen the Who Framed Roger Rabbit episode, oh, the Nightmare Before Nightmare Before Christmas, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and we just finished the Muppet movie episode. It's this guy who he collects props, but he will go... Like with uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, he will go and he will talk to actors. He'll talk to the prop designer, the scenic designer, costume designer, director, 
you know, and he'll talk to all these different people and, you know, show all the different props. And then, and it's, it's so interesting, but they're not, you know, super long episodes, maybe like 20, 30 minutes, but, um, highly recommend it. If you have Disney plus totally check it out. It's, What's that name again? Uh, prop culture. Prop culture. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, mushrooms, Natalie Portman and props. Can I, can I read my Robin Williams poem now? Yes. Just as like, as our, as our closing thing. Sure. So it, it was right when he passed away. It was, uh, 2014, I want to say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to write, I don't know why, but I just, I decided I wanted to write a poem that tried to pay homage to all of his different characters. Mm -hmm. Well, the good ones. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what I put together. The airwaves are quiet in Vietnam as the birdcage's lights are dim. We wait for Mr. McGuire's next lesson. Oh, captain, my captain, we begin. But the penguins have danced off the stage and Rufio hangs his head to see the board game has gone to sleep and Roosevelt is dead. The clown nose may have been put away next to the nanny's cardigan of blue. Our one last wish we ask the genie is to bid him nanu nanu. Very nice. And you worked on... Jumanji in that. I did. So it ties into the whole episode. Yeah. Well done. Oh, I miss Robin Williams. <sighs> we all miss Robin Williams. Yeah. Who, to his credit, never wrote a picture book. Thank God. I do want to hear him talk. Yes. Know, record reading this one, though. I, I'm sure. You know what? I'll look and see if any of that is available online. And if it is, I'll put it in the show notes. Cool. Excellent. And in the meantime, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our lean strategy and implementation manager is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Burke.